Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, ring the Hogwarts bell. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, feel the Christmas spell. Bravo! Hello, my dear listeners. This is Santa speaking, and on this fine Christmas evening, I am welcoming you to episode 47 of Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This week, Juliana and Melanie prepared a very special episode for you, which will surely set the right mood for this weekend's festivities. Now, let me send you on your merry way and enjoy the show. I must be going now. Loads of work to do. Hyvää joulua. Merry Christmas. Ho 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 ho. Ho ho ho. Hello and welcome to Puffcast. I am Reindeer Melanie. And I am Elf Juliana. Welcome today. We are here for a Christmas episode. And I brought all the gifts I just finished up in the workshop. And I'm here to deliver the gifts. Hi, Santa. That was very scratchy. <laughs> Elf Juliana sounds like maybe a distant relative of the pizza wizard. Oh, no. Oh, sometimes sometimes I, I, I like to think that I'm related to the pizza wizard. But, you know, he is of such a noble bloodline. It is the bloodline of the tomato that I just can't be part of that bloodline. My blood is not type T. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Well, welcome to our Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, listeners. And we have a very special guest today. You already heard her in the background. It's our friend Bess. Welcome, Bess. Hello, Hello, everyone. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yes, we're very excited because you're going to bring something that we haven't had before on this podcast. Yeah. Calmness? Possibly, yes. <laughs> But you're going to be bringing us music, specifically Wizard Rock, which is something that I am not really privy to very much. I've listened to a few of your episodes, specifically ones that our friend Jeff has curated for me (laughs) and told me that I must listen to. And a few songs here and there, but I don't really have a background knowledge in Wizard Rock, and I don't think you do either, Mel, if I'm correct. I have listened to some of it not all i'm not that deep in it but Uh i do know that we have one on our list for today that are actually my favorites so oh good Mm -hmm. you will find out later i can't wait (laughs) yeah so Bess, would you like to let our listeners know who you are give us your fandom id your favorite food Uh, hopefully you can let us know what it is it's not pizza it can't be pizza okay that makes it much more difficult I am host Witch Bess of WZRD Radio, the new one, not the original. Also the writer wrangler at the Wizrocklopedia. I am a Ravenclaw. Woo-hoo. My Patronus was actually a tricky one. Oh, okay. Because I took the official test and I didn't like what I got. So I took a different one and got mm. the Dumbo Octopus, which I do think is a superior Patronus. Have you ever seen one? No. Does it have gigantic ears? It kind of does. It's like a little marble with fat little legs and little like butterfly ears. 
I think I've so seen cute. those. Oh. They're very silly looking, and I think they really embody, you know, like that intense joy that you need to create a Patronus. <laughs> it sounds adorable. I want this as my Patronus now. This sounds so cute. Jeff, our mutual friend, was horrified, but I think they're adorable. <laughs> I might have to troll Jeff later with some octopus pictures. <laughs> Jeff, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and your wand best. You know what your wand is. I had to go look it up because I have the certificate. Oh, okay. Officially, it's 13 inches of dragon heartstring and elm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In real life, it's this really cute black wand I bought at MistyCon with polka dots. Ooh, I like that for you. I also like it for me. <laughs> it goes great in a bun, you know? Oh, cute. Ooh, that. Sounds a bit dangerous, I have to say. Better than keeping it in your back pocket. Yes, very valid. True. I would not want to walk behind you, though. Ew. <laughs> Just thinking. Did you get it from one of like, the handmade wand-making places at MissyCon? Like one of the local wand makers there? Yes. I don't remember the shop. I'm so sorry. They were wonderful. But oh. yeah, they had a whole display out and I was like, this one's mine. Oh, yeah. We love nice. wands here. We're, a big, we're big fans of wands here on yeah. this podcast. Have you noticed that the official ones are so much longer than the descriptions of them in the books? Yeah, the one that I got at the park, pretty, it's a big wand. They're like, huge. It's at least like 14 inches at a minimum. And in descriptions, they're like 9 to like 13, and that's like yeah. that big. But the yeah. ones they sell are, are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all the same size, too. It's The only one that's mm-hmm. different is Umbridge because it's specifically made like smaller, but all of them are just like they're ginormous Mm -hmm. definitely outside the standard range yeah and Bess, what is your favorite food i thought about this one and i decided on ramen Ooh, okay Ah. is that specifically like the fancy nice ramen that you get at a nice place or like the stuff that you buy at the supermarket that's 25 cents (laughs) (laughs) a very specific ramen place near me because i'm vegetarian so i actually didn't have ramen before moving here because most of the broth is made with fish or pork stock or Mm -hmm. whatever But having discovered ramen, I want it constantly because it's warm and comforting and filling and it's just, it's a feel-good food. Yeah. That's like the epitome of what a Hufflepuff would be looking for. (laughs) It's just the description she gave of the ramen. That was a very Hufflepuff (laughs) description of ramen. (laughs) All right, I can can Ravenclaw it. I find it to be a particularly comforting food when I'm sad because the spice helps readjust your brain to thinking outside to external problems. There we go. Much better. That's much more of what we can have. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) We will reconfirm that you are a Ravenclaw. (laughs) I could probably bust out the neurochemicals, but I might get it wrong, and I'd hate to do that on mic because I am a a Ravenclaw. (laughs) Okay, so, Bess, would you like to just tell us a little bit about just like a rundown of who you are? Because we're going to get into a deeper dive into what you do with Wizard Rock. But if you want to just give us some like quick deets on who you are, that'd be great. Oh, goodness. I don't know, I feel like you're supposed to start with your blood type or something with a question like that. (laughs) If you want to. (laughs) Are you of the the pizza wizard lineage? Do you have type T blood? Type tomato? I do not, I'm afraid. I am not of that noble and most ancient house. Be glad. Noble and most ancient house of pizza wizard. Wow. It's a noble house. I can tell you that much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the sacred, what is it, 28? Yeah, he's definitely (laughs) part of the sacred, it's the sacred one. It's the most important. Like, Voldemort wishes he had type T blood. That's why his name is Tom. Like, Tomato. You know? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Melody, I was counting on you. I don't know where to go from that. (laughs) You, you You have to emulate who you want to be. Tom wants to be part of the pizza bloodline, so he is Tom. Tomato. 
Tomato Riddle. <laughs> um, so instead of Marvolo, his middle name is Mato. I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> Anything else quick that you'd like to tell us? Like you have cats. I do. I have two cats. I have a, a garbage cat that we found in the dumpster three years ago. Okay. And uh, a little black and white tuxie that we just adopted this summer. Oh, and what are their names? Squeaker and Minnie. Oh my God, that's such a cute name, Squeaker. Wow, I love that. That's so sweet. Listeners, now we will send you right over to the news. <laughs> do 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 news. <sighs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the news today. It is midday news. It's like 3 p.m. here. It's evening news for Mel. It's 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 time for news. No matter what time of the day it is, it is news time. Welcome to news time. Do-do-do-do-do-do. News time. I feel like with every episode, the intro is getting more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, do you feel awkward? Am I making you feel awkward? I hope I am. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. That's your Merry- present from Juliana. <laughs> you feel that feeling of uncomfortableness inside your soul? Take that. Bottle it up and use it as your Christmas gift. <laughs> so, okay, so listeners, the first thing we would like to speak about is the Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, which is very exciting. And Mel has found a way to watch, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. We like that. As of recording, the third of the four episodes will be coming out tonight, and that will be the Slytherin versus Gryffindor episode. So as of recording this, we do not know who won and came in. I don't know how the wild card thing is working. We're going to find out that tonight when we watch. By the time this episode comes out, I think the whole tournament is done, right? Yeah, the whole tournament will be over. So you guys will know who won. As of recording, Mel and I won't know who won. So shh, don't tell us. Of course, the Hufflepuff's gonna win, and uh, I will add in a big cheer from both of us. Yay! First or nothing! First or nothing! (laughs) Oh my goodness, we actually won. We predicted and believed so hard that Hufflepuff for once could actually win, because our house so rarely wins. And I know this is only a TV show, But a win for Hufflepuff is a win for Hufflepuff. And this means so much to us. So Juliana and me are so full of joy. We had tears in our eyes while watching the Hufflepuffs win on the screen. And we are so excited, so proud of all of you and all the other contestants as well. Every house did fabulously. This whole event was such a joy to watch. So thank you to all of you for making it so special. It's going to be so exciting to talk with a couple of you that we have already scheduled. So very much looking forward to that. And yay, Hufflepuff! So we would just like to shout out our puffs, which are Brooke, David, and Luke. And we know you guys already won. So good job. You you really killed it there. David was the anchor that pulled us through. (laughs) he knows the roman numerals on candles apparently because that question was fair compared to the question that the gryffindors got Uh, honestly i felt like so i don't want to go as far as say betrayed but (sighs) the gryffindors got such easy questions like what is madame maxime slapping with her hand away that was so obvious and so easy and then they ask for a tiny numeral from the candle that is barely visible and going by in just less than a second yeah 
what? I, I too, Mal, felt like the question difficulty level was a little bit skewed for Gryffindor <laughs> versus Hufflepuff. But, you know, hey, that's not why we're here. No. We're here because I'm really loving this tournament and I have said this a bunch of times and I know Mel knows how I feel about this. I am someone who I'm here for the Harry Potter community and anytime that we can all come together and celebrate a positive thing and all just be friends and hang out and enjoy the same thing together, that is like my favorite thing. Yeah. That is what I feel like this TV series is doing because all of the people who are on the different teams, yeah, they're competing, but they're all friends too and they're all getting along and it's showing us all that we can all get along no matter what house we're in and I have been interacting with a lot of the people who are on the show and actually Mel and I know some of the people who are on the show already. Yeah. It's just been so much fun. I just love it. So yay. Shout out to everyone who is watching. Shout out to everyone who's part of it and sending everyone hugs. Yeah, and look forward to getting some interviews with them, actually. Can we spoil that already? I think we should. I So we're going to have two interviews coming out because Mel is going to be going on some holiday vacationing. will be me and one of our Hufflepuff people, Luke. We also have a very anticipated interview with the one, the only, David the Hufflepuff coming out. Yes, that <laughs> David. He will be on a future pod as well. So look forward to hearing about their experiences and also hearing some sagely wisdom from David. Yeah, it's going to be a very deep and very interesting episode for sure. Yeah, so that's very exciting. And we also have one other bit of TV news is that the special that we all talked about before that didn't have a specific date as of the last recording of our episodes is coming out on the very first day of the year of 2022, our good lord. <laughs> Mel's like, I've dealt with so much of Juliet's crap today. I am reaching what is this woman doing? What is wrong with her brain? Everything. Well, it's coming out on the 1st of January and they already put out a teaser picture of Rupert, Dan, and Emma sitting in the Gryffindor common room, which, wow, all the feels. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gonna be special and there might be some emotional moments, I would suspect. Yeah, I mean, if you want to cry, go watch the Instagram video slash YouTube trailer that they made for this yeah. event that they're doing because I cried. It's literally 30 seconds long and I was in tears. So this is going to be an emotional event, people. Yeah. Hello, a quick note. We are also planning to do a live stream of sorts, probably on our Instagram. So we will be reacting to this special occasion. And I just wanted to let you know that you should keep an eye out on our socials so that you can join our discussion. This is probably going to happen already on the 1st or then on the 2nd of January. And we will definitely let you know on our socials but what other things do we have coming up for 2022? So we have a few things that Warner Brother has put out over the past couple of years that may or may not have been a success, but they're pulling back and they won't be available to us to utilize anymore, including Harry Potter Wizards Unite, which was that Pokemon style Go game that I played for like a little bit and then just like kind of gave up on. Yeah, same. I was playing it quite long. Yeah. I was very dedicated to it for yeah. quite a while until they made some changes and then I kind of didn't like it anymore as much mm -hmm. and none of my friends played anymore so... Kind of fell off the train. Yeah, it's harder to get through the game if you don't have any friends playing it yeah. and uh, I haven't even uploaded it on my, my newer phone that I had recently gotten so I haven't played for a long time. Yeah, same. I had it and then I just haven't touched it. 
Yeah, I can see why they why they stopped it because I think after the update that they had, it just might have lost a lot of people. Yeah. So that's going to be coming to an end. And then the Pottermore bookshelf will be ending. And that is the access. It's kind of related to the next thing that we're going to talk about. But it's the access yeah. that people who have Wizarding World Gold have to the ebooks on the Pottermore now Wizarding World website. Actually, not to interrupt you much, mm-hmm. but not even not not only for that, but everyone who has oh, is everyone? downloaded. Yes, everyone, because I got the email as well, and I am not ah, a member. Okay, that this is the last chance to download them if you only have them on the website. Gotcha. So yeah, that goes for everyone who has purchased these books. Ah, okay. So if you have these ebooks through the Pottermore Now Wizarding World website, go and make sure you download them before. 2022 rolls around and like we said a second ago the harry potter fan club gold membership is coming to an end something that kind of came onto the scene with this storm of controversy anyway and wasn't excessively well received by the fandom to start with it never even made itself to every place available so no no wonder people Again, that, was, that wasn't that was thought through, I feel. No, that... and it, it didn't really offer anything specific that would make everyone and the general fan interested in subscribing to it. Because it was extremely, even someone like me, Mel, who's in the United States, yeah. it's super location-based. The things that you can get extra stuff to. If you live in London, then this would have been a good investment for you. But literally, even if you lived in New York, because this started prior to the Harry Potter store in New York, and I don't even think they offered any benefits at the Harry Potter store in New York. As usual, when something like this comes, there could possibly be quite a few people interested. But if you don't make that accessible for everyone and available, then why is this always based only in the US or UK? Or then Australia or wherever it was. But why not everywhere? Why? I don't get it. Do something that is really for everyone, that doesn't cost you a huge amount of money Mm -hmm. so that everyone could possibly afford this. Do something fun with it so it builds up the fandom. Give everyone something to do together. Yeah, I will say also that the discounts and stuff were definitely really spotty. I didn't actually have the Skull membership, but uh, hot take. Our friend Kelly knowingly gave me her code for Wizarding World Gold when I went to the Wizarding World, the theme parks, because I guess one of the perks is supposed to be that you're supposed to get a discount at the theme parks Uh if you have this gold membership, which would make sense. That's a pretty good logical thing to do. That's great. Yeah. I talked to at least four cast members and they had no idea what I was talking about and they couldn't give me Uh a discount. Okay. Yeah, it didn't even carry through with some of the things that it had probably promised. And but that's a massive fail. Yeah. I felt kind of like an idiot because they didn't know what I was even talking about. They're like, what's Wizarding World's gold? I was like, oh, no. Okay. So clearly Warner Brothers missed the mark on this one. Uh, we can agree on that. But what other news do we have coming from your side of the pond, Mel? From my side of the pond? Yes. So, new in 2022 at the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in London, you will get a brand new feature, A Magical Mischief. It will reveal the filmmaking trickery behind the Harry Potter film series as it highlights the magical pranks and mishaps that graced the screen. Which sounds really fun, actually. Yeah. 
It says the feature will allow visitors to learn how some of our favorite mischievous moments from the films were brought to life. Upon entering the Great Hall, fans will recognize the set in honor of the infamous Weasley prank doing the owl exams that left Dolores Umbridge scrambling away in fear. The center stage will feature the two-piece costume of Umbridge and above that the Weasley twins' costumes on their broomsticks. Yeah! Uh, will there be the dragon, firework dragon? Some kind of reincarnation of it. They have these kind of uh, screens that they play yeah. this this animation on. So maybe you could see the dragon come towards you. Yeah. Yeah, so the Magical Mischief feature will run from January 22nd, 2022 to May 1st, 2022. So there's only a short time for that to be seen. So head over and take the chance if you can. So I'm sure that's going to look really cool. Yeah. And then the Dark Arts feature will return again in 2022 as well. Just in time for Halloween, actually. Mm -hmm. Beginning of September 23rd, 2020 until November 6th, 2020. Yeah. And uh, 2022. 22. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> no, we're not going back in time, listeners. 2022. I, no part of me wants to go back English. to 2020. Please do not send me back there. I don't want it. So it's all happening next year, people. Yes. And then our last piece of news, which is that the Japanese version of the Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, will be released on April 8th, 2022. And this is going to be at a special launch event in Tokyo, which is one week before its official release date on April 15th. They did have an event on December 1st in Tokyo, and there was no spoilers or a trailer. But today, on the good day of our Lord, the 12th of December, I'm sticking to this bit, Mel. And... We were gifted the information that there will be a trailer showing tomorrow, December 13th at 10 a.m., one day after Mel and I record. Yeah, perfect timing. Yeah. We can't even properly record an episode together for the nope. next episode. So yeah, I'll be with Luke. Yep. We have been looking forward to this for Forever. so long. So this is the point at the feedback where Juliana and me originally recorded our reaction and review theories and everything on the teaser alone because this was a day before the full trailer came out and the reaction of only the teaser itself went on for over an hour. So we decided we would actually take our breakdown of the teaser and our separate recordings of the full trailer and combine it into one episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go back to episode 46 that came out last week and listen to that for all the ideas and thoughts and crazy theories that we might have come up with. And in the next episode, episode 48, that Juliana has a very special guest on, I think they might be actually talking a little bit about it as well. So there will definitely come plenty more discussions about the new Fantastic Beasts movie, just in case that you are thinking, hmm, why aren't they talking about this here? So we actually already have and we continuously will. And before we forget, our Orchard Works Wand giveaway that Juliana was holding for our US listeners actually has a winner. The winner was Lord Eldercraft. What a great name. Congratulations. Woohoo! 
So now I will send you back into the episode and jumping out of the feedback because we are done. Do, 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 do. Feedback over. Back into the main discussion. And welcome back, everyone. We hope you had a good time listening to the news. We are now back here in our main discussion with Bess. And today we're going to be rocking around the wizard Christmas tree. We are going to be picking out Molly Weasley's favorite Christmas song, along with hearing more about Bess and more about the Wizarding Rock community. So I guess let's start out with questions for you, Bess. How did you get involved with Harry Potter initially? And like, what is your Harry Potter origin story? That would be, as my mom is fond of saying, all of this is credit to her. Ah, okay. Because when the books first started coming out, she heard that they were going to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. So she made sure that I had an American version of the books and a British version of the books. Oh, wow. So I have the complete set of both. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I've read them all. I went to some small, you know, conventions. I saw the movies, a lot of midnight releases. But Wizard Rock didn't really happen until college when a friend of mine introduced me to all caps. And we drove across state lines to go see them perform. And they were performing with Justin Fitchfetch and the Sugar Quills, the Parcel Mouse, the Whomping Willow, some others. And I was hooked. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you pretty much have been part of the Wizarding World fandom since you were really young, thanks to your mom. And it sounds like you had a a continuation of that fandom in college, which is awesome. Because I know for me personally, that's something I, I didn't know anyone in college who was into Harry Potter. So it sounds like you had some people in college who were like really into it. And that's how you got into Wizard Rock, correct? Basically, yes. My friend Morgan. Hi, Morgan. I don't know if she's listening, but I hope so. Um, is very good at being on the cutting edge of really interesting book phenomena. So, oh, okay. She went to see John Green speak before he was cool. She's met Neil Gaiman and got me into Wizard Rock. Oh, okay. Can you tell us about that concert that you went to and what kind of got you hooked? I think it was that it was music about something I was already interested in. Mm-hmm. So, it was sort of a way to dive deeper. The concert was in this, like, basement of a library in North Carolina, so we drove down from Virginia. Okay. And we made shirts, and we gave gifts to the bands, and the energy was just so unlike anything I'd done before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd been to muggle concerts, but it's it's very, the performers on one side and the audience on the other. And with Wizard Rock, with this little basement concert, it was more like a party. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> And it was just, it was magic. That was also when I was introduced to the Harry Potter musical series. Oh, okay. So, so you had a lot of things happen in this short amount of time. It was a very formative evening for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it for sure. That energy that you're describing of everyone gets to participate and we're all here because we love this thing. And it's not exclusive. Like, like you can talk to the bands and stuff. And that's really cool, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's wild that this happened in the bottom of a library. My God, like the library let it happen. Most Wizard Rock concerts, I would say, are held at libraries. Really? Uh-huh. That's wild. I didn't know that. That's where I saw my second Wizard Rock concert at a uh, Harry and the Potters show up in Northern Virginia. Your libraries must have humongous basements or something. It was fairly small, but it was also not the beginning of Wizard Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, the beginning was several years earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Um, We used to have lots of smaller venues here that are Mm -hmm. basically also a basement and you don't even have a real stage and it's very small. But that's what usually makes the best concerts because you're really in it and part of it. And that's just so much more fun. Exactly. I can imagine that that must have been so much fun. It really was. Now, Harry and the Potters have performed to 
tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the smaller bands do tend to have the, the library tours, which are much more intimate. Ah, very interesting. So you have curated a bunch of songs for us to listen to. And then at the end, we're going to vote and decide which we think is Molly Weasley's new favorite Christmas song. (laughs) But these are all wizard rock songs that are made by some lovely artists. And Mm -hmm. would you like to tell us what the first one we are going to be listening to is? All right. This first song is Molly's Carol by the Vilas. Snow all around a silent night It's been a long day Now the house is quiet In a darkened home There stirs only one She's a mother concerned for her son It's a Christmas unlike understand She goes to the crash and just the star Who's a small shepherd A wise man from far She touches the So, Beth, do you want to tell us a little bit about this song? Uh, I can tell you why I picked it. I don't know about its origin beyond it being on one of the Jingle Smells mm-hmm. albums. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Well, first of all, obviously, it was written, you know, by her daughter-in-law about her. That mm-hmm. seemed like a very promising start. But also because, I don't know, it seems like in such a, a chaotic family and household and life that she might appreciate a moment of more, like, quiet, contemplative Christmas, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very calming and just almost pensive, I would say. In the way that it was written, one of the things that's interesting to me about the wizards is their lack of religion in any of the books, but they celebrate Christmas. And this one kind of 
pulled a little bit of the religion side of things into the celebration of Christmas because that's something we don't actually get in the books at all, which doesn't mean that it's not part of their Christmas celebration, you know? One of those like big questions we always ask is, do wizards have religion? Because they just don't seem to believe in anything like greater than themselves, except for like that magic is a thing. It's hard to say because it is so steeped in the cultural traditions of Christianity, but Mm -hmm. it definitely did bring the, uh, as you said, the more overtly religious energy of the song. Yeah, not in a bad way or anything. It's Mm -hmm. just it it is interesting given the fact that we in the canon don't really get any kind of religion in any capacity. But again, that doesn't mean it's not there in the background. So I thought that was very nice and relaxing. I feel like Molly would enjoy a nice moment of solace with that song. Yeah, I would go with her Celestino Warbeck collection. Yeah. I kind of feel like it made me a bit sad, though. But very nice. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. I don't tend to sit comfortably with sad music, but at Christmas time, I do like a little bit of more (laughs) low energy. Not all of it, but sometimes. See, I don't like sad music at all, but my favorite Christmas song is Christmas Shoes because I cry every time. I was listening to it the other day. I just, I, I bawl at the, the Christmas Shoes song. Christmas Shoes? Yeah. It's the one about the little boy whose mom is dying of cancer in the hospital and he's buying her one last pair of shoes and the guy pays for the shoes. Okay. Now I'm getting really sad here. <laughs> it's so Quick, sad. Move on, move on. <laughs> move on. <laughs> okay. The moral of the story is Juliana loves to cry to that song, so that's why it's her okay. favorite song. Okay. She is a Hufflepuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> is that a Hufflepuff trait, enjoying to cry? We have a lot of feelings. Yeah, having feelings and emotions. We have to let them out somehow at some yeah. point. Juliana always likes to call us an emotional sponge, so... <laughs> yeah. We have to wring ourselves out a little bit every now and then. Yeah, sometimes it's just good to have a good cry and just for a while and just let it all out on the Christmas shoes. <laughs> so there might be still some people out there that have never heard of Wizard Rock, even though I cannot imagine that they haven't. But would you maybe like to tell us a little bit more in detail what that actually is? Sure. At its most basic, Wizard Rock is just music about Harry Potter. The books, mm-hmm. the movies, your headcanons whatever. And that's sort of what makes the magic of it, because within that constraint, you can do anything. We have wizard rock rappers, we have ambient music, obviously rock, pop, folk, country. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a wildly expansive genre Yeah, for whatever your preference is. For me, as I said, I have listened to some at least, and there are some that I really like. They kind of give you either a very silly, fun side or something that really hits you in the feels, you know? (laughs) So you really feel like they know exactly how you feel about these stories. And that is just... Again, we are we are such emotional Hufflepuffs, so when we <laughs> hear lyrics like that, we just suck them all up and we just really feel them. And yeah. that's what I love about Wizard Rock. Yeah, but I think it's very interesting and great that it does encompass pretty much any actual genre of music. So you could be a mm-hmm. wizard rocker, but you can be singing opera about the uh, three broomsticks, potentially. Anything is possible. That is the nice part about it. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And I'm assuming you've seen like a pretty wide variety of things, Beth. Is there anything like just creativity wise that sticks out in your head where you've heard it or seen someone perform it and you've been like, wow, that is amazing or like really innovative? Anything that sticks out in your head is just like a wow moment. The top two that come to mind are Lena Gabriel has an album of Beetle the Bard themed music and they're done as little operas. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Very nice. 
That was the first Wizard Rock song that the Slither spouse ever fell in love with, actually. The uh, Tale of the Three Brothers. Oh, okay. And I particularly love The Fountain of Fair Fortune. So it's all the small stories in that book. This, this person has a song for each story, essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Yeah, they're incredible. And yeah. the other one that came to mind was Mermaids Above Water, which is just silly. <laughs> I love mermaids. It's something that Harry and the Potters mentioned to me years ago because they thought the future of Wizard Rocks would be more conceptual things like Mermaids Above Water, which has music, but then the horrible screeching noise that is Mermaids Above Water. Oh, that makes sense. That's funny. Are they like part of a, like a screamo band? I imagine the Mermaids <laughs> Above Water would be perfect for a screamo band. Ah, 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 I'm above water! Ah! You know? <laughs> I can't even begin to explain the sound. It's like really horrible static. Okay. All of us now stop listening to the episode. Go on the internet, find it, <laughs> listen to it, and yeah, then we, come back. We won't play it here because we don't want to fully break people's eardrums. No, That's my job. It should be a choice. It sounds like it should be a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the thought that went into that project is very interesting to me. Yeah, I feel like that's where the Harry Potter community really just gets me every time is their level of creativity around things. I mean, even the things that Jeff has shared with me or things that he's actually written too, I am just like, wow, that's that's really creative in the way that you're taking these lyrics or changing up a song or the way that you composed it. It's just the level of creativity in the Harry Potter community is just astounding, I feel. <laughs> yes, I agree. The other thing that I really love about the, the Wizard Rock community is that thanks to the initial bands, Harry and the Potters, mm-hmm. it's a very punk community with that you know counter culture energy dedicated to uh, celebrating the good, tearing down the bad. And Mm -hmm. creating something that's even better than the original core material. Yeah. It's a community dedicated to loving the original, but not giving money or energy or time to transphobia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like Wizarding Rock is the positive side of fan fiction. It's the things that we wish we saw in the books, the queer storylines that we want. It's the people of color that we're missing from the books, inclusion of everyone that we want. I'd never want to say that any community is flawless. You know, we have a lot of songs that have not aged well. Mm -hmm. But I do think that as a whole, as Wizard Rockers learn better, they make sure they do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the Harry Potter community on the whole is very much so like that. And it's great to see this sector of this community also just being like, yeah, we learn from our mistakes and we're better people for it. And I think that's fabulous. Yeah, it's it's a very tough time to be a Harry Potter fan because engaging with any of oh, the yes. original IP, you know, like going to mm-hmm. the parks or watching that trivia tournament thing or buying merchandise, you know, all of that directly gives money to J.K. Rowling, which yeah. directly gives money to the UK's anti-trans movement. Mm-hmm. So Wizard Rock, because of the punk ethos, is very DIY. So there's a lot of fan-made merchandise, you know, several compilations now that are dedicated exclusively to raising money for like the Trevor Project. I have merch that's donating to the Scottish Trans Alliance um, because as fans, it's important that we do things like say, yes, this book is a formative core memory for me, Mm -hmm. but no, I loudly and continuously do not approve of transphobia and I'm actively fighting against it. And that is why I'm still comfortable being a Wizard Rock fan. 
Yeah. It's the same for us. And we are yeah. trying to do our part just as you described. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what makes this fandom so special because we can still make something good out of that and don't give in to the negativity. Yeah. And we can like reclaim this fandom as our own. And I think one of the things for me that's kind of like driving home the fact that our fandom is headed in that positive direction is the fact that like we're getting that 20 year anniversary thing and JK Rowling is not going to be involved at all because they know if they do, the fandom is going to be like, no flipping way are we going to associate with this. And also the actors too have stood up for the trans community, which is great. It does still give her money in some capacity, but it's good that even on the commercial side of things, we're headed in that direction of like inclusivity and fighting these transgender haters. And I think on the whole, like the community is headed in that direction. It's nice for to have the Wizarding Rock community crusading in that direction as well, I would say. But I think this is a good time for us to do another song. What do you say, Bess? I am all for it. And I have the perfect one picked out. So I'm guessing, Melanie, that this one might be the band that you said is one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Happy Christmas Day by Oliver Boyd and the Remembrals. Yay! Yes, you are right. <laughs> All right. Ooh, okay. Here it is. more like a my kind of Christmas song, like kind of upbeat, except for the Christmas shoes, obviously. We like to cry. (laughs) Is it that time of year? The time for a break in good cheer? Yeah, Yeah, Mel, I can definitely tell why you like this song. This is very much your vibe. But I'd rather just stay right here. I'd be fine to just relax. Just one wish, I'd be done and finished. Reading all with this merit tune. Happy Christmas Day. Let's celebrate the wizarding way. Happy Christmas Day. I remember. Celebrate 
Was fun i liked that one that one was an easy pick because who doesn't love oliver boyd i've never heard of them i love these uh juliana you have to listen to end of an era oh okay i was about to warn you do not listen to the end of an era <laughs> album until you're ready to cry definitely one that is going to make you cry and i cry every time i hear it but it's just so beautiful and i love it is it about, like, the end of the fandom kind of coming to a close, almost? Like... Yeah, it was that 2011 era, you know, when everyone uh, thought yeah. we were going to fall apart because the movies ended? Oh my god, yeah, I'll definitely cry if I listen to that. <laughs> I already know, just given that context, I know that I would definitely yeah. cry There's lot. an entire EP of just that song in different styles that he uh-huh. put out, so brace yourself. I really enjoyed that song, though. That was nice and, like, fun and upbeat and... I feel like it's a good song to just kind of either have in the car or have Molly's cooking in the kitchen, just kind of like bop around to. There was a part of the lyrics I felt, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it feels very Hufflepuffish. And that is, we all carry some sorrow, no one leads a perfect life. Just to know the sun will shine tomorrow can make everything seem all right. Yeah, that's super Hufflepuff. I love that. (laughs) Well, at the very least, it's extremely Oliver Boyd. Yeah, I liked it. I thought that was a good... I think that out of the two we've listened to so far, that one is my favorite. But which one's (laughs) Molly's favorite? That's the question. Mm, Yeah, we're going to have to come to that at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think next best, what I would like to hear about is going to a Wizarding Rock concert, because clearly you've been to a bunch of them, and you said that like the bigger ones are kind of like a punk vibe, and I know I've seen videos of them from cons that people have gone to, and it's like a party. And so I would love to hear your experience with going to some of these concerts. Well, as long as we're talking about it, I should let you know that we do have another virtual Yule Ball this year. Oh, okay. On December 31st. And the Swedish Short Snouts will be playing. Harry and the Potters will be playing. How Airplanes Fly, which I adore. Melanie, you might like them as well if you check them out. Oh my god, that that's one of because Jeff has introduced me to a bunch of random songs and bands and things like that. I absolutely love how airplanes fly. Wow, what a talented artist! <laughs> love them so much. He is spectacular. Yeah, if I lived in the same town as them, I would definitely go see them at the open mics that they do. But that is virtual, so anyone can attend. I think it's fifteen dollars. Pitch and Prose is is hosting. Uh, where can people get information if they want to attend that? Uh, the Pitch and Prose website, for sure, which I think is just pitchandprose.com. Okay, awesome. Okay. 
or ask in any of the Wizard Rock communities, like the, the Facebook group Wizard Rock Revival or the Wizard Rock Discord, which is run by your Wizard Rock resource. Someone will yeah. know. Or just ask Jeff people. I'm sure Jeff will know. <laughs> we will defer everything to him. Spam Jeff, of course. Yeah. I'm sure he appreciates that. <laughs> Anytime you want to spam Jeff, you definitely can. Just go for it. Tell him that Juliana sent you. He will be more than thrilled to get your spam. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so going to these concerts so best. If you want to tell us about like going to the in-person ones probably first, and then maybe if you want to tell us a little bit about how the transition to virtual has gone, I think that would be very interesting. Sure. In-person is I have anxiety. Oh, me too. I don't like traveling much, going to be around people very much. It, it stresses me out. But Wizard Rock concerts are great for that because, first of all, most people in the Wizard Rock community have some sort of mental illness or disability or queer. So everyone is yeah. very like comfortable with accommodations. Yeah. yeah, very understanding. And So if you like sit in the back with your headphones on, totally cool. If you, you know, flap when you're really excited, like some of us, so is everyone else. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a very low pressure way to get involved and everyone's really friendly. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Library ones are the easiest, obviously, especially mm-hmm. Tonks and the Ours is touring again. So keep an eye on them. You can always find them somewhere. You go, you jump around, you, they perform, they sign stuff in the back. It's fun. Sometimes a lot of wizard rock bands have like little shticks. Uh-huh. Uh, the Bloomer Humdingers for one of their songs have cards. So you can yell the lines along with them for one of the songs. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so it's very interactive. If you go to a Yule Ball, back when they're in live and in person again, Harry and the Potters do like a Yule Ball like tour. Boston, mm-hmm. D.C., maybe New York, I'm not sure. There's, like, a snake that gets thrown around to crowd surf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. And uh, they also support the fandom forward. Oh, yeah. yeah we love them. Yule Balls are a fundraiser for them as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, you, you meet your new friends. A lot of Harry Potter meetup groups go to the concerts, so it's a mm-hmm. great way to meet your local fandom future friends. I, I'm assuming, like, based on the genre of music that the band is playing, that's kind of the vibe that you're getting from these concerts. Like, obviously, if it's a folk wizard rock band like the vibe is a little bit lower key but if it's uh, like harry and the potters i'm assuming everyone's kind of like jumping around and having a good time just being a little bit more rowdy than they would Mm -hmm. and you'll get a lot of bands that do shows together so you'll go from snidget grace kendall with their ukulele very mellow Mm -hmm. very low they did sad songs for sad girls and hogsmeade so lots of crying and then you'll go straight into like ashley hamill or draco and the malfoys where you're supposed to jump around and scream and get really hyped I think that's nice that you get a good variety too if you go mm-hmm. if you potentially go to one of these like bigger concerts. So the ones that are like the Yule Ball, those are happening in like regular smaller theaters, I would imagine. I'm assuming I'm thinking for people in Boston, it's got a stage and it's not huge, but it's it's got a stage. I don't know the Boston one, but that describes the place in DC very well. It's called the Black Cat. Uh-huh. It's just this little bar, it's all black inside, stage up front. Big empty space, chairs, tables for the merch. Now, how much does it normally cost to go to these events? Are they pricey or and does the money go to the band? Does it go to a charity? What is like the monetary side of things? So library shows, to the best of my knowledge, are free. I don't think okay. I've ever paid to go to a library show. You support the band by buying their merch. And since libraries are public services, obviously they're not going to charge for this. Yule Balls, I think, are 10 to $15. Okay. No matter where the setting is, it's very accessible to most people to be able to go to one of these concerts. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome because I know like with some bigger bands, the price range is just so ridiculous. That just kind of sets me away from being able to even see them at all. And I think it's great that the Wizard of Rock community is building this inclusive fandom and that they're also not making it hard to go to the concerts and like pay for the concerts either. I feel like it's more of a bigger thing in the Harry Potter community with Cursed Child. Like there are so many people who are like, yeah, I would go see it, but it costs an arm, a leg and a ear to go and mm-hmm. see Cursed Child. And so I can't. Okay. If you'd like to introduce us, Bess, to our next song. Sure thing. How about the Crookshanks Redemption with Full Moon Christmas? It's a full moon Christmas. It's a, it's a full moon Christmas this year. It's a full moon 
cute very like a nice like folk vibe like chill song very Christmassy with all the jingle bells in the background <laughs> yeah that was sort of the same thought as the first one it's a little bit sad a little bit slow yeah sort of a way for her to re- reflect on you know how lucky she is mm-hmm. it seemed like something that she would like in another quiet moment during the christmas season yeah i can definitely see her listening to this when she is just doing some things around the house maybe decorating and everyone else is that is still at hogwarts and arthur is working at the ministry and she is just putting the ornaments on the christmas tree listening to this and kind of reflecting on the past year well, I thought that was a very nice song, and that guy has a very nice voice. Yeah, it's a very soothing voice, I have to say. Yeah. Something that you could just have in the background all Christmas Day, listening yeah. to and just be chill. Yeah, I think that was very nice. Okay, so that was a lovely song, Beth. You are obviously an expert on Wizard Rock. Would you like to tell us about the podcast that you actually run and curate and produce that is all about and promotes Wizard Rock? First of all, I'd like to clarify, I am not an expert. I want to be an expert, but with Paul Thomas and his book, I Want to Rock Out There, and with Susanna and Your Wizard Rock Resource and all of our historians, I can only dream of being an expert. (laughs) Well, when we look at us three, then you are the (laughs) expert of the episode. So we are very, very fortunate to have you (laughs) telling us (laughs) what we don't know anything about or barely know anything about. Yes. What I will claim to is being a very passionate fan, which is what mm-hmm. WZRD Radio is all about. I, I say it's a podcast that has radio show dreams because that's oh, okay. how it happened. I've always wanted a Wizard Rock radio station. You know, you could just like mm-hmm. tune in and just like zone out and just listen to whatever was playing. Mm-hmm. But none of those projects ever succeeded long term. So finally, I was like, well, guess I have to do it myself. And I don't know how to make a radio station, so I made a podcast. (laughs) I think that's really exciting. And yeah, it would be so cool if you could just tune into your 95.3. Welcome to Wizard Rock. Exactly. And you can listen to Wizard Rock whenever you wanted to. But I agree with you that this is probably the next best thing because this is something you can listen to whenever you want as well. I always describe podcasts as radio on demand. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's great that you saw something that you wanted and you just went for it. It also gives you free hands to do what you want to do with the program and you don't have any higher bosses of the radio telling you that no, 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 you can't do that. You are just, you can be creative as you want to be. Yeah. Although I do try to make sure that my patrons have a lot of input since they are the financial (laughs) backers. Yeah. But actually, thanks to the Slither Spouse, it is a radio station now. Oh, okay. Oh, it is. Yeah. If you go to listen.wzrdradiopod.com, it's an internet radio station 24-7. Oh, Oh, that's so cool. Right? So how how do you work that then? Do you have like a li- like a playlist that just plays either on loop or that you just keep adding to? It plays all of the episodes. Oh. So it's exactly like I even have stingers from Wizard Rockers, you know. This is uh-huh. Dots and Lines and you're listening to WZRD. Wow. I have ads okay. from The Gaily Prophet, Butterbeer Talks. I have an ad for Chocolate Frogs, for I Love's Owl Emporium. Wow. So it's a mix of music, interviews, all of my usual wandascopes and things. And uh-huh. you can tune in anytime and just listen to Wizard Rock Radio. That's so, so exciting. Cool. I know. I love it so much. Is that something that just like newly started, like pretty recently? 
We've had it for a few months now, but it was this year that he built it. Is that available for anyone in the world? Yeah, it's just an internet radio station. Okay. Because yeah. I'm all the way over here in Finland and sometimes things are not available for me and then I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so. important to me that everything I do be as accessible to everyone as possible. Okay. And uh, yeah, this is definitely part of that. It's an internet radio station, so you don't have to worry about the radio waves reaching to Finland. <laughs> <laughs> that is great because then I can actually listen to everything while I'm at work because that's the time when I usually listening to podcasts and music mm -hmm. and I love that that's great yeah I think that it's just absolutely fabulous that you pretty much made your dream of having this come true in the most practical way yeah it really was just all of this is just a case of I want it to exist so we made it happen I think that's fabulous. The uh, The actual show itself is twice a month. One mm -hmm. episode, I have the music themed and people can guess the theme and win a album download code for whatever Wizard Rocker I'm giving away at the time. And that mm -hmm. one will have your wandoscope, the most accurate horoscope based on your wand's makeup. Ooh. Oh, okay. And that month's upcoming Harry Potter and Wizard Rock events. Ooh, okay. And then the second episode every month, I do an interview with the Wizard Rocker, except for this month when I do an interview with you. Very exciting. So I've listened to a few of your episodes. They've all been the ones that have the interviews of the Wizard Rockers. And it's interesting to hear some of the backstories of some of these people. Like, I, I remember I heard one about someone who I think is working for the Wizard Rockopedia. They were very interesting to listen to because they seem to not have been super involved with the Wizarding Rock world until very recently. But then all of a sudden they were just like in it, like full force. <laughs> Sagan is a gem. They run the archive for Wizardopedia, so all ah. the lost wizard rock that's come out, they have tracked it down. Wow. Is there a lot of lost wizard rock out there? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the golden era of wizard rock was like 2005 to 2007. Oh, okay. And a lot of that was on MySpace. Oh. So a lot okay, of it I is see. lost except in private collections that people downloaded. Yeah. RIP MySpace. Wow. That must be really hard to find all that stuff then. I don't know how they do it. Actually, I do know a little of how they do that. Every so often, someone on Twitter will be like, I did Wizard Rock back in the day. And Sagan will be like, <laughs> yes, hello. Which band? Do you still have that music? Yeah. <laughs> Give me your files now, please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we love that you have your radio station. And yeah, it's definitely something I think Mel and I will probably tune into ourselves. Definitely. Not just probably, definitely. Yeah. And listeners, we'll include that in our barrage of links that will come with this show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you too can go listen to Wizard Rock whenever you feel you want to. And you can also listen to Bess's podcast whenever you want to, too. Because like I said, podcasts are radio on demand. So you could listen to specific episodes or you can, I guess, get a random assortment of episodes mm -hmm. on the on the radio station? Yeah, it randomizes them every okay. time it comes to the end. So okay. it's always a surprise. Awesome. Okay. So I think now if we want to, we can listen to our final song that we are going to choose from for Molly Weasley for her competition to pick a song for her. And then we can talk about which one we think was the best fit. All right. Our very last one is The 12 Days of Wizard Christmas by Gretchen Forge. Thank you. 
So I have to admit, I don't actually think Molly would like that one, but I think (laughs) because the twins wrote it, she would pretend. I agree with you fully on that one. I was really appreciating the theming and the effort that the people writing this song went into making every second of the song feel like the Weasley twins wrote this song. They had a lot of attention to detail as to how things were formatted and the little like comment at the beginning really just set it off in the exact perfect way. (laughs) 
to the way that I don't I just like the artistry of the song and the way that the person who wrote this was able to really make it feel as though Fred and George legitimately wrote this whole song. Yeah. It makes you laugh. It's really yeah. nice. But I, I do agree that Molly probably would not pick this as her favorite. No, I don't think so either. Mike, I have a question now. What of these things would you like to have? <laughs> Five golden snitches. Two homework helpers. Hmm. Yeah. Very Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's very practical. I would actually go for the flubber worms. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, or 12 Weasley sweaters. Oh, I would get 12 Weasley sweaters. Oh, yeah. Could wear one every month. Yeah. Your August one would be very lightweight. <laughs> or you could just move to Antarctica for the month and then you could wear it there. Perfect. Come to Finland. Oh, yeah, come to Finland. Finland is cold always. Okay. So we had Molly's Carol by the Vilas, Happy Christmas Day by Oliver Boyd and the Remembrals, Full Moon Christmas by the Crookshanks Redemption, and The Twelve Days of Wizard Christmas by Gryden Forge. Their band's name is Gryden Forge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't clock that at first. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. So what do we think? I feel like the first one, honestly, the Molly's Carol, because it's a moment of being pensive and a moment for her specifically. I understand yeah. that the song is written about her, but... It feels like that's the vibe she's kind of going for. I kind of liked the two slower songs for her, honestly, for some reason. We ran out of time, but I had a fifth song called God Rest You Merry Hippogriffs by Sonoris featuring Jim Best, which is very jazzy, very Celestina Warbeck. So I think that would have also been a good option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Mel? Um, I, I agree. I would say Molly's Carol because it's very much reflecting the feelings that she has and she would definitely connect to that the most. Yeah. But my own personal favorite here would definitely be the Oliver Boyd and the Rememberals because yeah. that is just I just love these and uh, that one was just really getting me. Just Yeah, that one was my favorite. That Personally, that one was also my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think she would say the 12 days of Wizard Christmas just because the twins had made it. I think she would have to take a headache potion before they played it. (laughs) But I do think that that's what she would say. Mm. I can see them doing this all day. They keep repeating the same lines over and over and over and over again all day until she bans them from the house. (laughs) I imagine that they're following her around while carrying guitars too. And they've enchanted the rest of the band to follow them around like a drum set and stuff. To just just float above them and follow them around. And be like really dramatic with the delivery of the lyrics, you know. Yeah. They change up the style as the day goes on. Like one time they play it in like a jazz style one time they play it in like a hard rock screamo style (laughs) and then she's like if you do one more thing i will kick you out of this house forever but then she doesn't and then she doesn't she's like hey mom you know you love us (laughs) terrible accents with juliana well those were really great picks by you yeah Um, i really enjoyed that yeah that was really fun thank you best for curating that for us yeah it was so hard to choose (laughs) There's so much good wizard rock. And the next Jingle Spells is coming out sometime soon. So we'll have even more to pick from. Yay, yay, yay. (laughs) Well, we can't wait for that. Thank you for sharing all the information about the Wizarding Rock community and yourself, too. That was also very interesting. Oh, yeah. I hope everyone that's listening checks out more wizard rock and maybe starts creating some themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the great thing, too. It's open to anyone who wants to be a part of it. And if you feel inspired by this podcast to go and write a song about whatever it is that you feel passionate about, say, like, I go write a song about Scorbis, possibly, or the Squid and Toast, that's also an option. Jeff, get on it. 
Jeff, write the squid and toast song. Write it as a duet. I will be toast. You will be squid. <laughs> the only sound I will make is crunch, 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 crunch the entire time. Maybe as a last question for you, did you ever write any wizard rock songs yourself? Yeah. I have no musical talent. <laughs> Same. I am just a fan. Okay. Well, there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with that either. No. Okay, so are we wrapping up our discussion and maybe jumping into our game? Yes! Is it Quidditch? Gobstones? Wizard Chess? Oh no, we're going to play Are You Puffing Kidding Me? So this is a game where each person has a fact, quote-unquote, that they tell about themselves to the group. The group must vote if that person is telling the truth or puffing with them. And then each person who is guessing can also ask one question of the person giving the statement. And Bess, if you would like to go first, we normally let our guests take the honor. If not, Mel and I will step in. Okay. Uh, all right. So a fact or a fact with air quotes yeah. about myself. I once bought all the equipment to start a Quidditch team, but then chickened out and sent it to Canada Quidditch. Hmm. See, I feel like this is a very good story for you because I feel as though this is true. Because this, from what we've learned about you so far, I feel as though you have big ambitions, but like you said, sometimes you have moments of anxiety where you're like, oh no! And just kind of, because I know I do that too, where I'm like, oh no, maybe I didn't want to do that. So what made you, as you said, chicken out? on going through with it? Oh, that's a good question. I struggle with crowds. Hmm. Okay. We already knew that about you, so that's good. That's that's a valid point. Quidditch involves teams of like seven and the snitch runner and the other team and people watching and that's a lot of people. Yeah. Have y'all ever gone to Quidditch game? That never happens here in Finland, so... (laughs) There's no Finnish team? There used to be one, but that was before I came here, I think. So I I completely missed it. And I think it's not existing anymore, at least not to my knowledge. Maybe you should buy the equipment to start a team. Maybe. Maybe when I come to visit you in July, Mel, we'll start a Quidditch team. (laughs) I'm already going to be doing a performance. And, you know, starting a Quidditch team is kind of like we could do it too. (laughs) What would you name it? The Finland Fancies. The Fainting Finland Fancies. The Fainting Fancy Fancy Finlands. Finland's Fainting Fancy Fancies. Yeah. (laughs) We'll workshop it. See, okay, so Bess, I feel like your story is true, but I feel like there's one opportunity for it to be wrong that you shipped it to Canada. I'm wondering if maybe you shipped it somewhere else and you're just like, you bought all the stuff and you were like, I'm going to ship it to somewhere else. Now, what what state do you live in? Florida. Oh, that's a long way up to Canada. And why Canada? (laughs) I think she's lying. She's laughing too much for it not to be. I'm going to <laughs> we say have that. Been, we have been wronged by people before that pretended to I be know. All like, oh, I'm lying. Am I lying? But then they are not. It's, Canada is so far away, um, though. But I could see myself shipping it. Like if someone was like in Florida was like, I want this stuff. And like I had met them through the Harry Potter community. I was like, yeah, I'll send it to you. Like I would probably send it to them. I will just go with my guts and I say it's a lie. I'm going to say it's a lie too, Mel, because I don't think you shipped it from Florida to Canada. That's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of money to ship. So, I mean, if you did, honestly, good for you. That's a lot of miles for that stuff to be going. So, Bess, is it, is it a lie or is it the truth? You are correct. I did not ship it from Florida to Canada. I, I knew it. I shipped it from Hawaii to Canada. That makes, wow, this is true. Wild. Okay, so... This was a false statement and we are both getting a point. Nope, it was true. I bought the equipment for a Quidditch team 
when I lived in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, you did ship. Yeah, you just said you shipped it to Canada. You didn't say I where you shipped it from. I chickened out, and I sent it to my friend Jill, who runs Quidditch Canada. Oh, oh. right. Yeah, you didn't she say didn't, from where you Yeah, she didn't it. say from where. Ah, oh, so we're, ah, oh, we need us got a point, Mel. Tricky. I am so proud of myself. I am such a bad liar. Oh, my goodness. This is, again, Ravenclaw's, like. The way you phrased it. Yeah. <laughs> you got away with it. Okay, I shall go next. And okay. I have a silly one for you. My statement is that I receive a piece of coal for Christmas every year as a joke. From who? It's my brother who keeps that joke going. Where do you buy coal? Well, at least you used to buy big bags of coal, but now it's more of uh, the ones that you use for barbecue. Oh, like charcoal. Uh, yeah. How did this start? But if I get another one, I'd love to know what do you do with them? <laughs> I have a big collection of stones and crystals, and I have one always here, because it reminds me of my brother. So I have actually one right here next to me. Show us. But Juliana asked how this started. Is that your question? And I would like to see this piece of coal. Well, Melanie, you're giving me. us too many questions. <laughs> show me, show me, show me. <laughs> you asked how this happened, so... yeah. You know, I'm a big sucker for traditional things when it comes to the holidays. And we mm -hmm. have this tradition of that I have told you before, the Nikolaus Day. Yeah. Nikolaus or Santa are keeping track of if kids are good or bad over the years. And if you are a good child, you get treats. If you are a bad child, you are getting either potato peels or you're getting coal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it started, but when I was little, there must have been some funny, silly joke or something happening. And my parents would, every year, the first gift that I would get was a wrapped piece of coal. In the first years, made me just furious and sad, and I don't know why they thought this was funny. But it, de it developed into a family tradition and a silly thing we kept doing, and it was turning funny. My brother has kept up this tradition for me to send me every year one. I'm getting usually a package of sweets and stuff from Germany, and there will always be one piece of coal. Let me consult my friend. What do you think? <laughs> oh, hello, man. I just popped in to be the consultant today. Okay. Do you have a question for me, too? Can you put coal on pizza? You know, I used to know my cousin. He He's a coal fire pizza. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do whatever you want to. Oh, okay. Mm. You know, if you burn a pizza enough on the bottom, it becomes charcoal. Oh, that's true. Anyway, we wouldn't do that. That's just mean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think she's, she might be telling the truth this time. I, I was kind of thinking that too, Pizza Wizard. What do you... Well, I know she usually lies and we're usually wrong anyway. So, you know, you might as well just make a choice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 50, you're right. 50-50. Okay, so what is your answer? So I, I think she's telling the truth. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with truth, too. Thank you, Pizza Wizard. Oh, you're welcome. Goodbye! I am so sad your listeners couldn't watch that. <laughs> Eventually, we might get, like, on, on, on video, but... Actually, Mel's recording it, so we could... If we wanted to, we could actually clip that. As a Christmas treat. Bonus. <laughs> yeah. Put the episode up on Patreon, maybe. Christmas pizza. Christmas pizza. Yeah. So, Bess, what is your answer? I think true, because 
Yeah. There are two places that it could be tweaked, which is every year and as a joke. But if it's not as a joke, that would be incredibly tragic. Hmm. I'm wondering maybe if it comes from like a friend or something, or maybe your secret Santa that leaves you that magical gift every year. That Well, it doesn't <laughs> specify from whom they come, just as a joke. So. Well, she said her family. I did say my family. But it, um, it started with my family, and nowadays it's only from my brothers. But I'm going to go with true. Okay. Yeah. I lied. <sighs> <laughs> You're too good at that. I do have to say, though, I do have a I have a lava stone here, so... Oh, that would have looked like coal. That's, yeah. that's what made me feel like maybe I should show it, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's complete nonsense. Um, we were threatened of sorts as kids that if you don't behave you're gonna just get coal for christmas yeah. or potato peels um so that is actually something that at least that they used to tell kids but that mm -hmm. has never happened so. the other spouse is jewish so when he came to the first christmas with my family they gave him chocolate coal oh yeah was cute and funny but it was his first christmas and he got coal and he was so sad Oh, <laughs> so that's what I was imagining, Aww. and I, I feel so betrayed, Melanie. <laughs> My statement is that the only movie adaptation of the Nutcracker I have ever seen is the Barbie Nutcracker, which is a work of art, I will say. I agree. I have the DVD. I remember I rushed home for my family Thanksgiving so I could see this when it premiered on the TV. Yeah. I do remember you said that I should watch this someday, that it's a must watch. It's a work of art. To watch it back now is like absolutely a wild experience because the animation <laughs> is just wow. The animation on that is just you look at it and you're like, wow, we've come a long way with animation <laughs> since this movie came out. Hmm, this is the tricky one. Yeah, so you, do you think I've seen any other movie adaptations of The Nutcracker? Do you have Netflix? I do have Netflix and I have Disney+. Plus. My parents have cable, so, so I watch various things. Like I'm going to watch the Hogwarts House of Champions thingy tonight on the TBS app. I can access that through the app. I mean, the Barbie movie is a work of art. Let's just put it there. We're just going to lay that down on the table. That is 100% unequivocally correct. Yeah. So why have you never watched anything else than the Barbie version? I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know. Because this is perfection. Because Bar Barbie is like it's the, the only number one, one that you need in your life. <laughs> I saw it when I was what? What year did it come out? Like probably like two thousand five, maybe. That movie has to be at least fifteen years old. There's no way it's not. As like a sixth grader or whatever, how old I was, I was done. That's when I called life quits. I said, no more for me. I shall only watch the Barbie Nutcracker. It's the only one the Slither Spouse will watch with me. That's pretty funny, actually. Again, I, I just have to go with my gut. And I just say it's true. You think that's the only, since 2005, that is the only Nutcracker movie adaptation I've ever seen. Sure, why not? Ever. Yeah. I'm going with false. Because I know Netflix has things like Clara and the Four Realms, which is another movie version. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have that saved on my list. Like, your exposure to options has been varied enough and easily accessible enough. Yep. You sure you want to go with true, Mel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well... I don't like you, Mel, because it is true. It's the only movie Yay! adaptation of the Nutcracker. I was, I was racking my brain. I was like, I don't think I've seen any other Nutcracker past that. But that's the oh. only because I've seen it on stage a bunch of times, mostly as a kid. Like we go every year at the Girl Scout troop that I was part of. Yeah. And then I have the Nut the Realms movie on my my watch list. I just haven't watched it at all yet. I've never seen. I don't think any other movie adaptation of the Nutcracker besides the Barbie one. 
You need to watch that movie, Mel. Maybe I'm gonna do that this year. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. It cannot be oh. worse than the movies I usually watch on Christmas oh, that are my true. tradition. <laughs> do, do you think that it is uh, better or worse than a murdering tire that kills people? <laughs> I would say it's better than the murdering tire. <laughs> or Titanic 2. <laughs> you have very specific taste. <laughs> yes, she does. Both are really, really bad. And that's why it's so funny to watch them every year. It's tradition. Okay. So. Thank you, Beth, for participating in our game. And Mel, what is the what is the points tally as of now? The guests continuously leading with 27 points, which we will never catch up to. I nope. I don't see that happening. Uh, Juliana has 16 points and I have 13 points. So I'm coming closer. Yeah. I am so sorry to team guest for not adding to that number. You guys are fine. <laughs> yeah, you have plenty of points. Don't worry. It's, it's me and Mel that need to make up points here. Yeah. Okay. So with that, we will give over to Buttercup's question. Dear listeners, this week we would love to hear from you what you think Molly's favorite Christmas wizard rock song would be. And what are your favorites? Do you have a favorite wizard rock band? Please share them with us because we would love to find out. Merry Christmas! Beth, thank you again so much for joining us and would you like to let us know where our listeners can find you? Absolutely. You can find WZRD on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at WZRD Radio Pod. That is also the website, WZRDRadioPod.com. And if you have two muggle dollars a month and want to get more Wizard Rock in the world, the Patreon at WZRD Radio Pod. Yeah. Go for that. I just have to, to mention that you just you really do have the perfect voice for this also i just it's so nice yeah it's a leftover from my therapeutic training i was going to be a psychologist before in the before Ah. life so this is the therapy voice and how do you feel about that Ah. (laughs) let's discuss that problem you brought up last week same thing yeah very calming the exact opposite of me yeah (laughs) or the pizza winner essentially especially him so, listeners, if you would like to get in contact with us here at Puffcast Pod, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us over on Twitter and Instagram at Puffcast Pod. You can find us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash puffcast. We are also on TikTok at Puffcast. And you can send us an email of all your favorite Wizarding Rock songs, anything you would like us to collaborate on, and that squoast song that we're just all waiting for at puffcastpod at gmail.com. You can also support us over on Patreon as well for as little as $2 a month and get access to bloopers mel's fabulous advent calendar that is coming out now and also so much more along with our charity donation every single month and this month we are donating to the anti-defamation league and the adl fights to rid the world of hate and anti-semitism as in fighting this and hate since 1913 and here at popcast we are all about fighting hate and sharing the love and the light. And we would like to thank our listener and friend Rob for suggesting this lovely foundation to donate to. Yay! And if you'd like to do us a solid and like to make our day a little bit brighter, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if we like it, which we probably will, hopefully, we will read it here (laughs) on the show. And I will probably send you a sticker plus other various items I have lying around my apartment. So... Until next time, stay puffy. And badger on. And Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas! <laughs> well, listeners, 
Guess what we have for you? Are you guessing? Maybe. I can't hear you. What is it? Um, a, a pizza delivery? Uh, no, the pizza was the one back to bed. So um, oh, not okay. right now. I, I was getting a bit hungry. So yeah, we can have snacks in a little bit. Uh, okay. I, I brought cookies. So what do you have? Well, I think our friend Bess brought us something. Bess, what did you bring <gasps> us? Uh, one final song. Not for Molly, just for you. This is For the Holidays by Ludo Bagman and the Trash. Snow is falling, the friends are calling out to you from across the way. Shops are closing And everyone's going Out tonight, so what do you say? Meet back where we left off last In a place down in Hogsmeade Where the music plays It doesn't matter if time goes by too fast we have a butter beer waiting for you to raise. So raise it for the season. Raise it for your friends. Raise it to this festive season. Raise it to the night that never ends. Raise it for the new year. Raise it for the bag on your face. Raise it for any reason. Raise it for the holidays. Start swaying to your favorite song. Everyone here is your family. Nothing can go wrong. We're here to celebrate the fact that we. Avoiding the weather outside So raise it to the season Raise it for your friends Raise it for this festive season Raise it to the night that will never end Raise it to the new year Raise it for the bag on your face Raise it for any reason Raise it for the holidays There's a light in every window Candles flickering in view We have nothing to worry about tonight As long as I am here with you Raise it for the season Raise it for your friends Raise it for this festive season Raise it for the night that will never end Raise it for the new year 
Raise it for the bag on your face Raise it for any reason Raise it for the holidays Raise it for any reason Raise it for the holidays Happy holidays from Ludo Bagman in the Trash Melakaliki Maka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Brum.